0: Introducing the LA Anorak Jacket. Add this to your wardrobe and you'll be looking stylish in no time. It's the LA Anorak Jacket. It's perfect for game days, watch parties, reading angry social media posts, freaking out over transfer rumors, listening to your favorite podcast, staying dry from the tears of your rivals. Pre order now at 12threads.com. Available for a limited time only. Alma Carso and Evita.
1: talk It's time for another episode of Corner of the Galaxy from the Box, the show that gets you behind the scenes of the LA Galaxy and into the minds of soccer reporters and MLS experts. Your hosts for the day are Corner of the Galaxy's Josh Gessman and LA Times soccer reporter Kevin Baxter. Let's start the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Corner of the Galaxy from
0: the Box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Gessman, coming to you on a Monday, February 26th, fresh off of basically less than 24 hours or a little more than 24 hours since the LA Galaxy played Inter-Miami. We're going to talk about the 1-1 draw, the excitement that felt up to it, what happened in the game that maybe we haven't seen in a very long time from this LA Galaxy team and how Messi and friends went home more than satisfied with the one point that they got. A lot to get to, a lot to talk about. Peck, Paintsill, all those fun guys to get to. And we're really excited that we can talk about all that stuff. But to help us out, filling in for Mr. Kevin Baxter, who's off covering the U.S. Women's National Team tonight, is Alex Ruiz. Alex, how you doing, bud? I'm good, Josh. How are you doing? I mean,
2: it was, we were just at the game, what, 24 hours ago?
0: <laughs> yeah, we, we were mean, talking. I was like, I just team saw team you. I was
2: so tired.
0: Yeah, yeah. It was yeah, a I It mean, was a long day, right?
2: Very long day. I mean... All the emotions that happened yesterday, all the energy there to today, or it's you know been pretty mundane so far. It's it's kind of messed with you a little bit, at least in my point of
0: view. Yeah, no, it does. It's a it's a little bit of a letdown, but it, you know what? I, I don't know. Sometimes it makes the uh, the Mondays a little bit better when you get to see some good soccer, and I think that's what we saw. Well, we saw some good soccer from one side for sure. I w- I will I will defer to what Miami did to the Miami fans. If they think that that was good professional soccer, then they should. Somebody might want to get Luis Suarez a wheelchair because I think he might be more mobile if they. Got him one. But um, yeah, just a really super exciting. Lots of build up super long. I mean, you and I were there (laughs) and I think all the reporters were like, why are we here so early? Um, interesting that the LA Galaxy were sort of uh, advertising it as a 530 game and then MLS was advertising it as a six game six o'clock game and then it kicked off at 610 p.m. So all of that was there. They had a lesso, they had the new DJ stand. You had uh, a new regular season record of twenty seven thousand six hundred and forty two fans a sellout uh, we'll talk to you a little bit about capacity numbers and why they could probably jam a couple you know, I don't know 200 more in there if they really tried. Uh, we'll talk about that as well. Um, lots of stuff the controversy Obviously, with uh, with Mark Delgado, and then uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, maybe the seven minutes of stoppage time as well. There's there's lots of meat here wherever we go. So uh, it's um, a
2: juicy burger for sure. <laughs>
0: there's there's no there's nothing and, and nobody will be left out. Um, so I, I think we're going to we're going to sort of take a look at everything as it went. But just the whole build up, Alex, I think we talked about it getting there a little bit earlier than normal um, cars in the parking lot, people ready to go. Not only is it opening day. But you get this marquee matchup with Messi and Jordi Alba and Sergio Busquets and Luis Suarez. And I'm going to throw DeAndre Yedlin in there, too, because I always like to watch me some Yedlin uh, coming in. Um, So, uh, so many interesting takes from all sides. But what was your initial just pulling into the stadium and sort of getting there?
2: Yeah, I mean, the minute I I got off right on Avalon, all I see is just messy jerseys everywhere I look. Ever since I got off the freeway, that's like all I can remember. No matter where I turn, there's either an Inter-Miami jersey, an Argentina jersey, a Barcelona jersey. And then you head into the stadium, you go in there. As we get into for parking, I'm seeing like the tailgate lots look like they've been going on for hours. Yeah. Um, Once I got in there, I was like, man, this is like the most full I've seen the parking lots, you know, Three hours before a game. Right. And this is, this is special. I mean, you already had people lining up uh, to get inside the stadium like hours before they were even allowed to. Right. Like there was a real serious buzz around there. I mean, I parked in. I I, I see people tailgating. I talked to some people over there as well. And then you could definitely feel the buzz, not only for this being, you know, the MLS first game for the Yellow Galaxy this season. And obviously with all the buzz and all the things that happened in the offseason. But, I mean, the, the Messi and Friends show definitely elevated this to another level that we haven't really seen in a lot of season openers in
0: recent past yeah i mean uh so you get inside the stadium uh reporters got in i think about 30 minutes before everybody else so we were in there uh i was able to go track down some pupusas i have some i have some pupusa information too let's talk about uh steve and afja what they did so i was able to go over there and talk to steve i saw everybody before i was actually i got the first pupusas of the day i was there that as as rightfully i think i'm the pupusa king right so um it was uh, it was a lot of fun to go see Steve and I sort of got to talk to some of the people who were working there and they were like, I was like, how are you guys going to handle this? You guys ready? And they're like, I don't know. But like, we're, we're just finally ready. We have this place. It was right there next to Benihana's. It was a permanent spot. It looked like they were ready to go. And and my pupusas were excellent. Everybody in the press box was like, where'd you get those? I go right over here. So I, I was I was sending people to, to AFJA as well. Uh, Steve uh, hit me up afterwards, actually earlier today. Um, and said, uh, said this, he said, uh, we had so many people stop by that mentioned the podcast. Just want to say thank you for the support and please extend my gratitude to Kevin and hammer and everybody else who's on the show. Um, always sharing kind words. Uh, they sold just under 500 pupusas, uh, which is a, a new record. Um, so awesome. So awesome. So awesome that they were able to do that. And not only that, you have to understand there's an investment that they had to do in order to buy all the equipment in order to be there so like this helps them start to dig out of that hole and then eventually get towards paying all the money uh, down to El Salvador and all the things that they do so um, this is, this is a lot, a lot of, uh, of really goodwill that all of our listeners are sharing that. So when you go there and you see the guys at AFGAM, make sure you tell them corner of the galaxy sent you. Cause I want, I want the good vibes to keep going. Um, and so I'm, I'm super mm. pumped. We're, we're taking you to get pupusas next time, right? Yeah. Actually, okay. shout
2: out to Steve. Yeah. He, uh, reached out to me today as well, um, inviting me over to go to the next game. Unfortunately, see? I wasn't able to go, right. uh, last match. Cause there's so many people there. In that area, I was just like, you know what, I'm just gonna stay up here in the price area, not deal with all, you know, those people over there. But for sure, next game day, uh, LA Galaxy game day, I'll be there and uh, I'll see Steve. Yeah, he, you know, invited me to go out there, so I'll definitely, you know, be there uh, next time they play. I think. I don't know who their next home opponent is. St. Louis? I think it's St.
0: Louis. Yeah, St. Yeah, Louis. In Louis, so. like two weeks. It's going to be a long, it's a nice long yeah. break because it's uh, San Jose and then and Nashville. Nashville. Yeah. So, so. Um, so we'll talk about that schedule coming up here as well. But yeah, so we'll be back at the stadium. Also, when you're getting to the stadium, one helicopter's flying over like five times as they were doing the flyover. I didn't really get the timing of the flyover. Like I didn't.
2: I honestly didn't notice until people posted it on social
0: media. <laughs> you
2: didn't see the giant. To be helicopter? fair, I'm in. I'm in my car, like bumping my music, heading into the stadium. Right. Okay. So I, I, I wasn't gonna know either way.
0: Yeah. So, um, yeah. That's uh, that was one of the things. So the other thing that we sort of saw was, and this is gonna be a theme on the night. Lots of stars out. Uh, lots of people. I can't tell you how many former Galaxy players I saw. Um, I can list off some of them, but I know I'm going to miss somebody. I know Brian Jordan was there. I saw Chris Pontius. Michael Stevens was stopping by. He was next to Jack McBean. Um, Robbie Rogers was there. I said hi to Robbie. Todd Donovan was supposedly there. I didn't get to say hi to Todd, but everybody knows I have a love affair with Mr. Dunavant and uh, he's an awesome dude. Um, so, uh, a, a lot of guys, a lot of former LA galaxy, uh, uh, Eden Hazard was there. A lot was there. Uh, well, like how many, like. U.S. women's national team players were there. It was uh, it was Halle Halle Berry was there. Halle Berry was there. I mean, it it got hot and heavy there for a while, uh, which was fun to see. And I like the sort of that atmosphere around the club. It's kind of fun. And uh, it was funny before the game, uh, Rob from Last Word on Sports um, was was coming up and he goes, so when was the last time you seen the stadium like this? And I get and he goes like, and do you feel this atmosphere? Um, and I'm sure lots of people wanted to say like Zlatan and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and I get why you would say Zlatan, but Zlatan was a day game. Zlatan was last minute because we didn't know whether he was going to play. There was all this uncertainty. That build up
2: wasn't there. It, it wasn't.
0: You, the you didn't get to feel it for a long time, so it wasn't there. I will say to me, it reminded me of whenever the LA Galaxy played AC Milan. Um, at, at the game, because it was a lots of stars, lots, Tom Cruise was there that day. I mean, you know, that's, they had all sorts of, uh, different like suites set up, even some on the berm, but it was a game that was really without consequence. And I think that when you're talking about an opening game, yes, the galaxy wanted to get off, but there was no consequence for either team last Mm -hmm. night they were just trying to this is a league game it counts you want three points but it wasn't didn't have the same heavy sort of feel as like an mls cup final didn't have a heavy feel even as like a playoff game it was a big game it maybe it was uh whenever the new york red bulls came in whenever they had Thierry Henry and uh and oh who's the who was the guy who was like uh i luke rogers was it luke rogers where he was uh landon donovan goes i'd never heard of that guy um whenever they asked him about him afterwards it was great um, like all that stuff, but uh, they came in and it ended up being I think like a 1-1 one, one draw or 2-2 two, two draw that type of thing. But they had like a live band play before kickoff. And so there was that sort of build up again. It was in it was a game again without much consequence, but um, there was something there uh to sort of to sort of see um but that's what i felt like really fun atmosphere for me i i kind of like the dj booth I, I don't know what that makes me say i i just i enjoyed the energy that it sort of brings and and it was certainly fun having somebody uh like alesso who certainly i'm not like going to say that i'm a huge fan but i have heard some of his songs i've heard mm-hmm. some of the arrangements i i kind of can follow along with that stuff so i thought that was a lot of fun just the whole yeah i mean yeah what what do you think of just just that build up part too
2: yeah, I mean, the atmosphere is so great. I mean, you're coming in and, you know, the stadium, I think an hour and a half was already people were in the seats already getting ready to, you know, watch the players warm up. And, you know, I think it was really great because, you know, it was just a re- a good, happy reunion, in my opinion. I mean, the offseason so far has been really great. Uh, as you've said uh, in the podcast before, right? It feels like a honeymoon period right now. And I think everybody was feeling that, you know, tailgating, meeting up with uh, friends, family. And, you know, obviously the occasion of Messi here, you had so many more people, I guess would say casual fans, you know, who are invited into this atmosphere, invited into, you know, an LA Galaxy game day. And, you know, it definitely felt, you know, uh, those vibes of, you know, uh, at the end of Star Wars, right, where they're all dancing and celebrating a bit. It kind of felt like that at the start of the game because everyone's just having a good time. Everybody's enjoying themselves. And everyone's excited to watch this game. We've had months and months of anticipation of this game, and you know, with uh, Joseph Painstill and Gabriel Peck available for selection, I think that really elevated the level of anticipation from uh, LA Galaxy supporters.
0: V- Vanny in the post game was like at least like we played this game like thank God like we had all this build up last year to the LAFC game that it didn't get played He goes, we were just happy that we got to play this game. That was one of the things uh, that sort of uh, made me laugh at the at the post game there. Uh, $5 super chat from Michael. Michael says uh, I met you and Alex at the end of the game as you were walking down to the field. So how, how's it going Michael? Thanks for saying hi $5 super chat. Certainly appreciate that. Um, let's talk a little bit now about this game um, obviously a 1-1 draw for the LA Galaxy. We'll talk about deserved, not deserved. I think we'll fa- fall fairly um, you know, on the side of this. I'm also going to warn people. I think that there's going to be a very easy chance for us to come off like homers. Uh, but whenever you're not sitting in Messi's lap, whenever you're trying to do these stories, I think you're probably in a better position than everybody who somehow tried to, s- to say that Messi had some you know, overall hand on this game. Uh, I think Greg Vanny was very nice in the post game whenever he said, Hey, Messi, even whenever he's not involved in the play, knows how to manipulate space and move things. Totally true. Um, but you have to look at, at a kid like Edwin Cerio who put Messi in his pocket for most of the game, um, as, as somebody who probably came out as the, the, the victorious side of that, uh, that challenge and everything that sort of happened with Miami. So, uh, as we dive into the game, understand that, yeah, if you're a Messi fan, you're going to come in here and and think that we're homers. And I'll, I'll say, I think we're being realistic about what Miami offered because I don't think. Uh, Miami is any position to be sitting there thinking they're favorites for anything unless they can somehow learn to play faster, learn to play quicker. Uh, I saw a a good take that said, you know, Suarez, Messi, Busquets, Jordi Alba. Those guys need to step up because what you saw in the first two games is those guys looking like they're not ready to play. Um, and the LA galaxy had a game plan. We'll talk about that game plan and really how it went, came in and played out, uh, this was the starting lineup. McCarthy in the back. Yamane on the right. Uh, Yoshida in the center with Caceres. Aude on the left, pretty much as expected. Uh, Delgado, Cerio, and Pouge. Gaston Brugman, we'll talk about him in a little bit here. Uh, Fagundes, Paintsil, and Jovalich. We, we were talking beforehand about, we were trying, to the reporters, Alex, were trying to guess who's going to start, who's not going to start, right? And we're saying Paintsil's probably going to start because he's been here a little bit longer, and Greg's sort of In you know hinted at that fact that he's been here for a week whereas peck has only been here for a couple days and so we feel like there's a better understanding of what we're going to get from joseph paints so you get the start there peck eventually comes in the second half we can talk about that as well but uh kickoff goes away the uh the la galaxy go and for the first 30 minutes the la galaxy absolutely dominated miami in all facets except for putting the ball in the back of the net was that was that surprising at all did you feel like it was surprising not at all for me.
2: Looking back at that uh, Miami versus RSL game, RSL definitely tried to play a possession game, but they didn't execute it very well. And in the back of my mind, watching that game, I'm like, the Galaxy is going to cook. They're going to eat up what Miami's doing here. And they did for a, a long time. I mean, there were spells where Miami didn't have possession. And the Galaxy were really smart in their runs. They were very calculated in their movements. And Miami definitely had trouble defending that all night. And I mean, the tone was set, I think, for me, from Ricky Pooge, just marking Sergio Busquets like, For the first five minutes, super intensely. Like, he was like a glove on him. He didn't allow him to get any space. He just tracked him, man-marked him. You know, it was... Excellent to watch because the one criticism I think all of us have had of Ricky Pouge is the defensive side needs to really step up. That's how you're going to be a genuine superstar uh, in this league if you can play some defense like that. And you know, sure, Ricky Pooch did have his off moments here and there during the game, which we'll talk about later on. But uh, you know, I thought those first five minutes with Pooch defending so aggressively like that really set the tone for the Galaxy both on the offense and defensive side in those first 30 minutes.
0: Yeah, Greg Vanney let everybody know sort of at the at the post game that he was talking about and he was saying. And, you know, it was Pooja's job to basically be on Busquets duty. That was his job. He was supposed to be there everywhere. And the Galaxy talked about denying the ball to Busquets and denying the ball to Messi. And for the most part, they denied those guys the ball. And it wasn't so much that they didn't get on the ball, because if you look at touches, Messi had a lot of touches, right? And if you look at Busquets, he still had a lot of touches. But the bottom line is, any time they got the ball, there was pressure and there was difficulty in those two connecting. And that's the big deal. They didn't want those guys connecting together. Uh, another interesting thing on, on sort of the game plan and listen, I think we've seen hints of this, maybe not so much last year, Alex, but maybe the year before, but whenever there was Grand here and whenever you had Cabral and regardless of whether or not you, you believe Cabral was a good player. Cause I think we all think he wasn't. Um, He had the ability to be speedy and be into and get into open space. And so the Mm LA Galaxy would run counterattacks through Grand Sierra and through Cabral. They weren't often successful because Cabral couldn't finish. I did mention to uh, Damian Calhoun, who I was sitting next to for this game, that uh, the goal that uh, Dayan Jovalich scored, Kevin Cabral would have missed somehow. Um, you know, Delgado with the square ball to a wide open net. Um, they, they, you know, day on from about four yards out. That's a, that's a pretty easy one to make, but I, I think Kevin Cabral would have missed it. So there's, you're, you're seeing that, but more it's about the counterattacking. It's about counter pressing. It's about finding and breaking up plays and being in a position to then break out and move mm-hmm. the galaxy. were in that mode. And I will say that I think I still feel like if you look at the, the the percentages, I feel like the galaxy had more possession than what the percentage say. And, and somewhere around 60, 40, I guess is where it is. But some had it like 66, 33 as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, 60, 40 maybe closer to possession with purpose, maybe closer to like 5545. If you really want to want to take a look at it, if we're trying to, to sort of bend things, but the galaxy didn't have the majority of the possession. They didn't have more passes. They didn't have what is typically we see with the LA galaxy. Whenever quite honestly, maybe they're not firing on all cylinders, which is possession for possessions purpose and, and nothing mm-hmm. else. Break up the play, find the outlets, hit the outlets. And what we saw in Joseph Paintsville, is Exactly what they wanted from that position, which is as soon as the Galaxy get the ball, whether that was through Pooch, and, and by the way, inviting the press, the Galaxy invited the press from Miami, then they broke the press rather easily. If Miami's going to press like that, they're going to get just absolutely blitzed apart because I don't think the Galaxy are anything special with trying to break presses, but you also have somebody in Ricky Pooge who is technical in breaking the press and being able to take two or three guys and spinning out and finding space and then delivering balls into space. That was the biggest thing. How many balls go back and watch that game whenever you can. By the way, I heard that like the, the replay isn't up on Apple TV. Yeah, yet.
2: I, I saw that earlier, too. I thought it was a glitch on my end, too. I tried to go rewatch the game again. But I just found the six minute highlight video that was there. I don't yeah. know if it's fixed now, but I chugged a couple hours ago. Um, but yeah, I thought it was weird. But on that uh, topic, Josh, yeah. I thought, you know, Ricky Pooj uh, in possession was excellent on the night. I mean, they're banking so much on him because Serio isn't going to be a guy who's going to carry the ball like that. Delgado isn't that either. Pooj basically was going to have to be that guy, and he did. I mean, there were moments where, you know, he had a, he a drilled past Baskets, right? He, he made him stretch his leg out, look a little funny on there. Uh, but, yeah, Ricky was, I thought, was excellent on the night uh, when it comes to progressing the play. And they really needed that part of him, I mean. There were a lot of moments uh, in the game where, you know, he gives the pass to Joseph Painstill and Painstill just goes and runs after the ball goes and attacks the back line. And the Galaxy have been really needing a player like that for a long time. I mean, Tyler Boyd, I thought, you know, wasn't too direct too often. Right. And I think we need to see a bit of more of that directness and uh, paint. So I think Greg Vanny mentioned it in the postgame press conference. He's a bit of both. Right. He can be very direct or he can, you know, be a player who's part of the buildup and part of the possession. And I think uh, Miami, especially with, you know, their defenders being a little bit slow, obviously being jet lagged, already having a good amount of mileage on their legs following their preseason tour. Uh, Paincell was definitely the right player to play uh, when it comes to attacking that aspect of Miami's defense, and mm-hmm. I think we're going to see a lot more development and chemistry with those guys. I thought in the amount of times that LA Galaxy were on the break and on the counter, they just lacked that chemistry yeah. because you know Painso just arrived earlier this week. You know he hasn't got much time with Jovalich, Fagunes, all those other guys. So I think we're going to see the Galaxy evolve into being a much more dangerous counter-attacking team as they start to you know get into training more, get to know each other more. I definitely believe they'll be one of the top threats when it comes to counterattacks this
0: season. Yeah, it, it feels that way. Um, you know, I'll, I'll say there were two, I think, real consequential plays uh, that you saw in the first half. And and the first one we'll highlight is is basically going back to the penalty kick, but just the build up to that penalty kick. And again, we talk about paint. So being able to, and in this case, was playing in small spaces on the side. One of the things, Alex, I was most impressed with, um, and Greg talks about this so much, but you don't often see it. But one of the things that you that that we haven't seen from the L.A. Galaxy is the ability to sustain pressure, right? It's not just getting one shot off. It's getting another shot off and getting another shot off and, and putting the pressure on. And the, the Galaxy were doing that in the first half. The the expected goals for the Galaxy is depending on which site you look from are around three point five all the way up to three point nine. Right. So almost four goals. Yeah. Um, and they ended up getting one single goal. Um, some of that is because, uh, Drake calendar stood on his head and he was rightfully sort of looked at as the highest sort of, uh, rated player rated player yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, on the field. In fact, uh, from FOT mob, if you go look at it, he was an eight, seven on the night. 9- I mean, clearly took, I think two goals away from the LA galaxy, by the way, John McCarthy on the other side probably took an, at least one goal away from, if not two goals away from Miami as well. But those came from. Less dangerous positions, balls that made it all the way through, but uh, McCarthy was was on top of things as well. So uh, you look at that, but it was sustained pressure, and during one of those sustained pressure runs is whenever you had sort of the combination of Pouge and Paintzel and Paintzel being able to turn the corner and Busquets reaching out, grabbing his shoulder and pulling him back. Now I would like to point out that on that play, Busquets who didn't try to play the ball and who, if Paintzel was in front of the goal whenever that happened, would have got a red card and a dog so foul for what he did, did not receive a yellow card on that play. All right. This is going to be a theme. The refereeing was horrible. All right. It was not good. It was not consistent. Right, players were too often were looking at each other. Linesmen and referees were looking at each other, and you can disagree with me, Alex. I don't. You you don't have to. You don't have to have MLS mad at you. Uh, We talked to Don Garber. Came up into the press box before this game. Don Garber came out and said they asked if the referees, you know, not being there was a distraction. He goes, so far it hasn't been, you know. And he was sort of saying, you know, I think the real story. He he pointed to Alexi Lawless, saying, oh well, I think Lawless said everything's been pretty good, you know, the whole deal. And it's like, you know, don't count your chickens, all right, because this 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 was the game. The premier game of the weekend was this game. Everybody most
2: marketed game of the weekend, the
0: most marketed one. It was the one that had the most hype around it. Everybody knew, so this should have gotten MLS's best officiating crew for this. But they don't have anywhere near their best officiating crews because they have a lockout of PSRA. So all the MLS, you know, veteran guys who you would expect to be putting in this, in this, uh, in this particular game aren't there. And so you have guys who have never refed a major league soccer game before in there. Now people are going to give them points for handling the situation as good as they did. And that's fine if you want to. But if you go watch the meter of the game, the way that yellow cards were produced for some fouls, but not for others. The 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 ability not to be able to predict what a foul is, what wasn't a foul, what a yellow card was, what wasn't a yellow card, what a red card was, what wasn't a red card, all these things. There was no known quantities there. I actually asked Greg Vanny about it afterwards, and he took the high road on it. Tata uh, came in he and did and took the high road on it too. Basically said, I have no comment about the referees, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah, they asked him in Spanish. They were like, hey, Tata, first of all, they wanted to make it very clear. Did you think, they asked him, did you think the refs had a big influence on this game? And, you know, Tata immediately was just like, no comment.
0: Yeah yeah and so Alex Alex looked at me and said I wonder if they're they're telling coaches not to comment about the referees and I wouldn't be surprised if they absolutely put a gag order on 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 Vanny or anybody else the one guy who we did get to talk about the referees was Maya Yoshida by the way and if you want to go watch a uh, a humorous post game press conference with Maya Yoshida who is always the correct amount of everything by the way uh, nice nice with the humor nice with the reflection on sort of what happened over the game he always has really good takes on everything it is a joy and a pleasure to be able to talk and ask him questions but Yoshida when asked about Delgado's second yellow card sort of put his hand in his head and started shaking his hand uh, sh- shaking his head and then he said wait what was his first yellow card for and we can talk about that as well in fact let's get to that right after we talk about the the penalty kicks but Paintzel gets pulled down from behind mm-hmm. that's a cleared yellow card you're not trying to go for the ball if it's a penalty kick which it was clearly that it's also a yellow card The again the fact that it's five feet to the right of the goal and not directly at the goal is the only reason that Busquets should still be on the field. So he should have got a yellow card for that. Yeah,
2: that angle very much helped him. But, that was the only reason why he didn't. I'm Again, I'm with you, Josh. I'm surprised he didn't get a card. I mean, one, that's a penalty. And two, I mean, he's not playing the ball at all. Most instances, that's going to be a yellow card. I, I don't know what the reasoning was about that. I mean, like you mentioned, the, the refereeing was very inconsistent. It felt like there was a lot of like, whistles. You know, the offside flag, uh, you know, they wouldn't whistle that until – like 15 seconds after the play, it just felt so inconsistent all over the night. And, you know, both sets of players, both sets of coaches, you know, you from our view in the press box, we could see it, how animated they got after every every call but again let's keep talking about this penalty
0: yeah so uh so pencil goes down so now it's, who's gonna get it now funny enough uh Kevin Acevedo from the LA Galaxy PR was like hey if Diego Fagundes takes this he's on 70 and 70 so 70 goals and 70 assists a monumental accomplishment in major league soccer he needs one more goal he's at 70 and 69 or, or at least he's more he's probably more than 70 assists I I Kevin told me to read the show notes and like or the the game notes like normal. Mm -hmm. I didn't read all the game notes, but um, I knew that was coming. So we didn't know who was going to take it. Damien and I were like, oh, let Paints take it because that would be a fun one. And then uh, Baxter was saying, oh, well, you got to let Jovalich take it because you got to get your striker going. And I said, I stomped that out real fast. I was like, no, 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 no. Don't worry about Jovalich. He's fine. Paints would have been a good choice Fagundes would have been a good choice for me as soon as I saw Ricky push step up, I looked at Damien and I said, he's going to miss this. And I started typing it out and in, in the Twitter uh, in, in my tweet. Um, and by the way, uh, cell phone coverage was really bad because there were so many people yeah. in there. <laughs> the, the internet and the press box was really bad because there were so many people using the internet. Like it was, it, it eventually refreshed and got a little bit better. But for the first like 20 minutes, of that game, I was struggling to it like, was rough. I was on it my was phone. Rough, I was man. on my computer. I was on my phone. I was on my computer trying to do the whole thing. Um, so, uh, so then you get to it and Ricky Puj. Ricky never takes good penalty kicks. Um, never has. And and he doesn't seem to have the confidence with it. And I don't know why, uh, quite honestly, it's even a question mark of whether he should take them. or not. He's not the captain. Maya Yoshida is the captain. Why does Ricky want to... Be, and listen, I get it from Ricky's perspective. You have all the Barcelona guys there. We know that Barcelona's watching. You know that like everything's going... On. You wanted to show it up. You wanted to score... But mm-hmm. instead, you put yourself in a hole and I am not one of these people who's like, oh, well, if Ricky converts at the LA Galaxy win, because that changes the dynamics of the game so much with a goal that Miami has to go in there and plays differently. And so you don't know how that affects everything. This butterfly flaps its swings type thing and it changes everything. But for me, Ricky push can't be taking that. I actually asked Greg Vanny afterwards about it i said i said you know talked about ricky push it was like you know he missed the penalty kick. he doesn't have a great record is that something that you need to have you know a talk about and he goes there will be a discussion yes that was it there was there was no more that was that was all he wanted to talk about on that which actually is a better answer than going on for 10 minutes about it i was like perfect that's exactly the the answer so uh for me there were better options the galaxy should have understood that and if you're greg Vanny. Um, I know there were a lot of emotions from Pooj because you saw him sort of yelling at each other on the sideline, a whole bunch of stuff. Alex, like the emotions are high as they should be in this game. Yes. I get it. For this 100%, game, Yeah.
2: A hundred percent.
0: Yeah. And, I, you know, I think with Pooj,
2: it feels like a lot of the penalties he's converted have been kind of lucky. Like there's some penalties. If you look back at the film where the goalkeeper gets a touch on it, but not enough to parry it away from goal. And, you know, when I saw that missed penalty, it just brought me flashbacks to the 2022 season, right? Where you had Chicharito missing penalties. I think Pooj also missed a penalty as well that season when he came in. you know, I think the uh, penalty taker at the end of that season was Gaston Brookman and he yep. didn't get to see the field today, right? So he definitely was. If he's on the pitch is a shout to take those penalties. He's been very effective from the spot, but yeah, this is something that needs to be sorted out. I mean, uh, again, the galaxy should have gone up a goal in the first half. They should they 100% should have And you know, uh, it, it, it could have cost them at the end. Like you said, you never know how the game would have played out, but that would have gave them a huge boost. And I think with Gabrielle Peck coming off the bench later in the game and with, with inter Miami chasing the game and pushing numbers forwards, he definitely could have punished Miami even more on the night if that penalty
0: went in and so we look at ricky pooch and and obviously the miss there and that was a missed opportunity the galaxy also had one which was a direct result people are going to be upset with ricky pooch for missing the penalty kick and they're also going to put blame on him for losing the ball that eventually Mm -hmm. ended up being the goal whenever the galaxy were down to 10 men you have to set that stuff aside a little bit because outside of that he was outstanding. He was a really good player. Yes, he's going to try crap that's going to annoy you. And I think especially with American soccer fans, they're very much, and I grew up this way, which is pass the ball, like don't get caught with it in possession, pass the ball, don't try to do too much, don't be a showboat, don't be all these things. That's not the place in, in soccer that Ricky Poosh grew up. And that's not the place that we should want, I think, American soccer players to grow up either, which is sometimes you got to try stuff. You got to try it you gotta you sometimes the back hill works. sometimes the back hill doesn't work, you know? It's like, yeah, if it happens every time and you're getting blocked, yeah, dude try something else, get it, get it going but don't try to stifle creativity just because it doesn't always work because Ricky Pooch can still put one of the best passes, longer passes, opening up space, finding in those behind the back line passes out of anybody mm-hmm. who's on the field. He has some of the best vision. So for me looking at Puj and setting aside the penalty kick and listen, when you're down to 10 men and you're trying to do anything you can, I'm not going to blame somebody for, for giving up a ball either, but Ricky Puj had an excellent game. Um, probably one of the, probably the best for the one of the best for the LA galaxy. If, you don't look at Edwin Serio. And for me, I don't know. It's that defensive side of me. Um, we talked about Edwin Serio a little bit. But Serio played an excellent game. And actually, one of the best chances the Galaxy had was a Ricky Pooh shot that uh, Drake Calendar tipped off the mm-hmm. crossbar. That came because Serio back-checked Messi uh, and knocked him right off the ball, by the way. Um, and push it away and then uh, the ball fell to Puj, who lined it up and hit a heavy shot one of the better shots the Galaxy had on goal Um, and you know it was saved so uh, those were sort of the two big chances I see in that first half. Mm-hmm. that you were like, oh, man, that should have been something. There was that ball actually goes off the crossbar, and then it comes towards Paintsville, who's not quite in the right position to try to get it. He had to be like another two feet to the right, and he probably had a chance at a wide open goal, um, but the ball sort of he had to jump sideways, and and it put his body in position not to be able to get that ball, but um, you look through that 30 minutes, the LA Galaxy dominate the last 15 minutes. You know, uh, certainly Miami tried to grow into that a little bit and find some space, but you get in the halftime zero zero, and you felt like 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 there were missed opportunities there but you also I I don't know for me uh, Alex I felt like that Miami didn't have anything the Galaxy were worried about like yeah you have to be worried about Messi all the time done okay you've been doing that as long as you keep that up it felt like they could keep Miami at bay and and did you feel that way going in the halftime yeah, I mean, looking at the shot selection of Miami, right? They're not high
2: opportunity shots. They're not going to be shots that have a high value of xG, right? Most of them are just, you know, shots from outside the box or from awkward positions. And, you know, the Galaxy really did a good job in limiting those, you know, good looks. I mean, shout out to Edwin Suarez. I thought he had the best game um on the night overall. I mean, the the amount of energy he had to put in. I mean, he in the post-game press conference, he called this the most mentally draining game of his career. And I mean, he had to put in a great shift against, you know, one of the greatest players of all time. And again, he was just constantly there outside of the box trying to cover space, make sure Messi doesn't cut in with his left foot, you know, making sure there's no angles for Messi. And I thought you really had to appreciate that effort Uh, that he put in because, you know, you kind of saw the Galaxy's vision. If you, you know, after that game, you look at how much they played him in the preseason, right? It felt like the entire preseason, he got a lot of the minutes and that was mostly to be fit for this game. Mostly to be ready to play that intense pressure, uh, be there and covering up spaces. So, you know, the Galaxy did that and prepared him very well for this game where he was phenomenal. He was covering a lot of ground and, you know, he had, you know, a little altercation with Messi to run midfield, right? That first half, uh, you know you you know surreal when we talked to him in the, or whenever we talked to him in the post-game press conferences or, or during training you know he's always a nice look like, kind of a shy kid uh has a great big smile and I was surprised to see him you know not afraid to back down against Leo Messi and you had Suarez and Busquets getting at him and he was still amped up and he was still you know uh very you know not gonna back down I'm, I'm gonna hold my ground here and I thought that was really impressive
0: yeah um it was funny. I, I really, his post game was, was funny. Damien says, uh, whenever I was sitting next to Damien Calhoun, whenever, uh, whenever we saw that whole thing sort of go off, and you were like, uh, he was like, oh, he must have told him don't mess with Texas, right? The whole day. And then Damien asked him, "The president, he goes, did you say don't mess with Texas? And he goes, no. And then Edwin said the thing that probably was almost harder than anything else he said the entire night, which is, I consider myself from L.A. now. Like, flat out, Texas, you're in the rearview mirror. I am from Los Angeles now. This is the team. This is the place I am. This is where I want to live. This is where I want to be, right? And so for Edwin Saria, who comes into this game, super high marks. I'm going to tell you who else got high marks for me in this game and, and it'll probably surprise you is Mark Delgado uh, for me Delgado and we're going to throw those yellow cards out and I'll tell you why we're going to throw those yellow cards out. Neither one of them were deserved. So for me for Delgado, um, it wasn't so much what he was doing on the ball. It was what he was doing on the defensive side to take up space and then his runs off the ball to open up paint Sill over and over again happened. I don't know, three, four, five times on the night. You could see he knew what he was doing, and then he also had the seam run. They almost found him on uh, straight up the seam uh, and that they almost put a ball over the top to him again. The LA Galaxy playing direct Vanny has always said if you have a team that's pressing you, sometimes you need to play direct. He said it all last season. This year, he seems to have the players for it, Alex. And and you're sort of seeing that getting the runners like Painzel in, getting the runners. uh, Fagundes, quite honestly, was in on the runs a lot of times. And then you got Peck whenever he came on and having Painzel and Peck on either side um, and being the runners there were really big. So for me, Delgado had a very good game. He's unlucky for what Uh, The injustice that he had to suffer in this game, Um, and I'll, I'll say that and then we can talk a little bit about the fouls, but there was one in the first half basically where the ball went out of bounds and Delgado ran over to it and then kicked it out of bounds a little bit more. Yes, that could be considered time wasting. It would be time-wasting if Miami didn't already have the ball, the other ball, and was ready to throw it in. So there was no time-wasting. No mu- no time was lost. Nothing was gone. The only time-wasting that actually happened was the referee stopping the throw-in to make sure that he gave Delgado a yellow card. Otherwise, there wasn't there. It's it's not good game management by the referee. And again, we have sort of talked about that, but that was not good game management. Then you get into the second half, into the 88th minute, 87th minute, 88th minute, Delgado goes in for a slide. Now, he's not trying to slide tackle Busquets. He's actually trying to stop the ball because he thinks there's going to be a pass in a one direction. By the way, wins the ball, blocks the ball, no problems. Mm-hmm. Slides right by Sergio Busquets, who kind of runs into the back of him after, after Delgado is mostly behind him and then falls down. By the way, you c- it's hard to find any contact in the replays. I've, I haven't seen one. Um, and so what ends up happening is, I am almost 100% sure. Alex, you can tell me if you think I'm crazy. That referee had no idea that Mark Delgado was on a yellow card.
2: Yeah, there was actually like a gap in time for a little bit before he realized, oh, I got to pull out the red card. And, you know, it was, I I know it must be super frustrating, um, you know, being on the LA Galaxy perspective. And and you're right, Josh, Mark had a really amazing game. I mean, uh, I remember when the Galaxy first acquired Delgado and Greg Vanny called him the great equalizer, right? And this game is an example of that. He did everything on the defensive end to cover spaces, to cover passing lanes. And on the offensive side, he made great runs to open up at the rest of his teammates and teammates who can make those long strides and be dangerous in certain situations. But, yeah, I mean, that, that call at the end definitely was, you know, got everybody livid. If you watch the replay of the game, you can see Greg Vanny, you know, calling it B.S., Loud and clearly, Um, you know, I thought he would have called that in the post-game press conference as well, but he didn't. He didn't. You know, he was so animated. Uh, Everyone on the Galaxy bench was animated. And, you know, I'm hoping to see, you know, if we are going to see some criticism soon, if the replacement referees continue to, you know, manage these games. Because it's frustrating, for sure, because it's so inconsistent. It's all over the place. And I think the one thing, really, that the Galaxy kind of, you know, we're, we're screwed on a little bit, it's just... That inconsistency, because they had a consistent game, but the only inconsistency was the refereeing that changed so much of the game and definitely played a role in their outcome.
0: Yeah, um, the LA Galaxy will be able to appeal the red card because they it's should. a second yellow. It is very clearly appealable. It was funny. One of the uh, was a MLS referee stats who who does who does a lot and pays attention to all this and knows all <laughs> the rules. Must be a former referee or a current referee or something, but really pays attention. It was like this almost never happens in terms of appealing a second yellow, but you can. Um, the MLS disciplinary committee can review it mostly because it is wrong, right? Um, and so if whenever it's an egregious error. Now, what couldn't have happened was VAR. Take a look at it because VAR can only look at straight red cards. That is one of the things that is looking that iFab is looking at changing with VAR is mm-hmm. being able to look at second yellow cards because it makes no sense. It's a red card, so you should be able to look at the foul to make sure it actually was something in order for it to be a red card. Um, somebody tried to argue with me, um, and again, I don't know. Sometimes I let morons like argue with me, and then I'm like, "Oh, this is stupid. I shouldn't be doing this." Um, but somebody was like, "Oh, well, it's dangerous." Uh, because he went in with his studs up. Busquets is four feet behind the play whenever he goes by him and runs into him. Busquets was never in any danger. There was no worry for him. He didn't have to pull out of a play. He didn't have to do anything. He just fell down when Delgado whispered by him. That was it. Um, It was more simulation than there was contact, to be honest, in my opinion. When
2: I look over it, it felt like uh, Busquets should have been the one book, to be honest, because, I mean, there's very little contact. He's baiting for that contact. And there definitely is a good shot for simulation, in my opinion. i been looking at at that replay like 50 times because that clip is going around all of social media right now. Yep. And look, if MLS wants to be a serious league and not be looked at as, as a Mickey Mouse league, like they need to get this stuff right. You know, Don Garber can say all he wants to say about it looking well, and other people saying that as well. But everybody online, everybody who follows the MLS world, you know, even the world football as well, this clip is going all around. You know, the clips aren't about Messi scoring his ga- uh, his game-tying goal or, you know, Ricky Puj looking great on the night. It's about this missed call, and MLS needs to get this right. I mean... If they want to be a serious league, this is the kind of stuff that can't be happening.
0: And and let's be let's be very clear that this could have happened with MLS referees as well. Right. And we'd still be talking about the bottom line is, though, then you know that you would have had, quote unquote, the best people. And if that's the best and they make a mistake, then you can criticize that. But when you know you don't have the best, right, you know, when you know you're not at the upper echelons, you know, you don't have guys who have the experience to do a game like this then that's whenever this criticism comes in. So uh, certainly one of that. That's something that can be looked at. Um, by the way, if it does get overturned, sometimes whenever there's simulation on something that affects the uh, the outcome of a game like that, uh, the offending simulation player can get suspended too. So there is a very small possibility that not only could they rescind, which by the way, if you're asking me right now, there's zero chance that Mark Delgado isn't on the bus or the plane going to San Jose this weekend, right? Like Mark Delgado is going because they're going to rescind this. It's, it's Maya Yoshida was like, they should rescind this. Uh, and then he chided to uh, Damien for asking tricky questions. And then after the press conference was over, told, uh, told Damien Calhoun, Maya Yoshida was like, I don't want to get fined again. If I get fined, we're splitting it this time, um, which is, which is always good. So um, by the way, this it, There was something about the post game. We can talk about that a little bit. That was different, too, and I I, I think it's uh, it's worth talking about. But you get uh, Mark Delgado in there now, um, you know, the Galaxy scored on a good quick counter attack, but it was also one where we saw pencil cut to the inside um, instead of staying on the outside and Greg Vanny talked about his ability to do that. It was pencil getting the ball from Pouge into a breakout position, seeing that Miami was trying to organize behind and cutting from the right hand from the left hand side to that right middle and then feeding to push. I'll be honest with you. It's not a great pass to Pouge to where he can really hit it and the fact that he was able to get it and set it up and hit it hard enough was an amazing feat. Um, so Ricky Poosh with that shot was huge. And then you had Mark Delgado who continued his run. As soon as he saw Ricky Poosh hit it, he never stopped running towards the front of the goal. The ball comes out right to him. He slots it sideways and Dayan Jovolich puts it in. And Jovovich didn't have a good game. I mean, you know, overall he was very quiet and Vanny mentioned something in the press com- press conference that I thought was interesting, Alex. And he was talking about, I don't think Dayon needs to be there as part of our buildup. I don't think he needs yeah. to be playing with his back to the b- I don't think he needs. That's not what we need him for. Right. And so really, you're setting Dayon on up to have these types of games. And by the way, uh, in this preseason, we talked about Dayon on If they got paint, soul and peck and-, and was able to do it, that all he needs to do is stand in front of the goal and knock home the occasional ball. That's what he did. If he does that 12 times this year, he's he's a great goal scorer for, for the LA Galaxy. That's all he needs to do. I know people are going to say, yeah. oh, and he needs to do more, but he doesn't need to do any more than that. Just that. Now, what you need more from is paint. soul, you need more from Peck. You need more from Pooch. Maybe Brugman gets in there as well. And by the way, Brugman was hel- held out. Greg Vanny said uh, he he didn't want to have to play him. Um, and he he wanted one more full practice, full week of practice with like full running and full mm-hmm. contact and all that stuff for him to get really Really good. And he goes, he knew that was going to kill him because he really wanted to play in this game. Like everybody every guy wanted to play. He goes, but he thought that's what's best. And that's why Brugman didn't play. But that's what you want from Dayan Jovich. For me I want to see Dayon on can't just finish a night with one with uh, one shot on goal. And even if it goes in every time, he has to have three, four five shots on goal. They have to find him more. And so I'm waiting to see if he can find that space, if he can find where mm-hmm. he's supposed to be. But there were a lot of passes that I saw Alex inside the box that I really liked. And Miami was able to cut him out. And I'm like, that was still the right pass, even though it got cut out. That was the right pass. It was still the right place to go. And Yovulich yes. was in those positions. So that gives me some hope there.
2: Yeah, I was about to mention that, too. I felt like in this game, there was a lot of balls from whether it was Payne Sill or, or Miki Yamane or, you know, Hula and where they're just dangerous balls just going diagonally across the box, right? Yep. And that's what Göbelich needs to work on. And honestly, Greg Manny's right. That's what Göbelich needs to focus on in these games. He needs to focus on his positioning to be at the ball, to be a magnet to the ball, right? Like you look at Erling Holland, right, at Manchester City. He's not asked to be part of the buildup. All his duty is to be available in the box and be an outlet in there. And the Galaxy heavily invested in Peck and paint Sill to, you know, provide a bit of that quality on the side so that Jovalich can focus on that. And I right. think Greg Vanny's right. You want Jovalich to, you know, I wouldn't say have a boring game when it comes off the ball. But give some excitement when it comes to the types of runs you see, you know, vary up your attacks, vary up your positioning and just being able to have that a- goal scoring instinct that, you know, we saw striker like Chicharito have when he was healthy here. Right. Like he knew exactly where to be right for the ball. And I think, you know, I think that was the hope for uh, the Galaxy when they put him behind Chicharito to learn about that, to learn about the movement and the way that he moves in the box, the runs that he makes. Right. And again, all it's OK to be a tap and merchant. Day on nobody's going to criticize him as long as he scores, like you mentioned, 12 goals. Whether they're all tap-ins, um, it's going to show that the Galaxy is doing everything they can to be successful and put him in the position to succeed. And the Galaxy really need Jovic to, you know, put in the, the goals because from Will Coons to Greg Manny, they have all their faith in Jovic to be the guy. Right. And they genuinely believe that from all the talks that I've had with them about Yovalich, uh so far during the offseason and, you know, after this game.
0: Yeah. Uh, by the way, I don't know if we remember this one. Adam gave us a $5 Super Chat. Uh, he said you might have won over this, but who will be the penalty taker? And if it wasn't the referee, the Galaxy would have won the game and kept a clean sheet. I think we covered all that stuff, so thank you for that, Adam. We appreciate it. Uh, Edwin, uh, not Edwin Cerillo, although you never know. It could be might it could a burner. Be a burner. Account. You never know. Yeah. You just, you know. I
2: have a burner account somewhere.
0: Okay, good. So. Good, good. That's good to know. Uh, Edwin, uh, $2 Super Chat uh, for finally meeting Josh before the game. Edwin, it was a pleasure meeting you. Thank you for stopping by. And by the way, I didn't get to talk about that, but I don't know how many pictures I took and how many and how many people I got to stop and say I had to. You guys all made me feel amazing. That's um, such a wonderful thing to get there and just hang out and just talk to people. In fact, uh, I was taking so many pictures. At one point, there was a small line that was like waiting and I was like doing this whole thing. And then uh, after that sort of dissipated Eric came over and I got to say some hi to some other people and we were doing the whole thing um, and I think shout out to I'm going to say is it Isabel or Isabella Isabel who came into the first halftime circle with us she, w- she was a little shy and she didn't know she mm-hmm. came into the circle and now she's a she's a, a valued member of our halftime circle where we chat about the LA galaxy and everything so that was good but it was great to see everybody it was so funny though whenever I went to go upstairs uh, there was a security guard and she was watching me sort of with one eye sideways the whole time She's and she looks to me and she goes she goes now who are you that you get to take all these pictures and she was <laughs> and it was nice to know that like occasionally your head gets a little big and I was in that moment definitely where I was like oh man I'm a pretty big deal everybody's talking to me this is a lot of fun blah blah, blah. I just said hi to Robbie Rogers and Matt Reese stopped by and said hi and you know all these guys I'm like oh, I'm feeling it today it's feeling good right the whole deal and then she's like who are you I'm like oh it's not important like it's not it's not I don't want to I don't even want to tell you I don't want to tell you I have a podcast and that's about that's why just it's not important she's like mm-hmm and watch me walk up so it was nice to have be brought back down to earth immediately uh for for a lot of times uh yeah, definitely
2: la- nice i'll definitely join a lot more of those halftime circles down there there you go alex season, is coming so that's another incentive i guess
0: yeah it uh, is for
2: y'all to be there so I'll, I'll definitely do that for all the games that i go uh yeah.
0: for the rest of the season i don't know alex i feel like every time i have you on like it's going to rain or starting around. i'm gonna start calling you all nino whenever you whenever you come here is starting to like, i know was, i mean
2: so monday and it was raining today right like it definitely feels I'm gonna I'm like gonna stop hanging run. out with
0: you. I'm gonna stop hanging out with you. Uh, uh, El Nino over here. Lasso's optimism. Five dollars super chat. Hey gents, game uh, uh, game exciting like the old times. PX3 delivered. Apple commentators are the ate their words. I thought you were gonna say are the worst. Ate their words. We back. Um, it, there is. There is this tangible optimism that is sort of seems to be coming. Before it was it was fake optimism, right? Because you're like, oh, man, Paintsville could be really good. Oh, man, Peck could be really good. And if they're really good, the Galaxy could be really good, right? It's you're this, just
2: salivating on paper. That's literally all that this offseason was. And as, we, be honest.
0: and as we can see, whenever you look at teams on paper, then always they're paper tigers, right? That's it's like that's all they are. They're just on paper. I mean, Miami was not a good team. I don't think the Galaxy should be safe. They're very dangerous offensively. That is Miami. They are not good defensively. They're not a quick team. And whenever you have speed, you can absolutely torch them. And I think, uh, I forget who it was. It may have been Taylor Twelman or somebody who was talking about it. But they said, the everybody's going to copy what the LA Galaxy do now. What, because they sat low. They invited the pressure. They broke the pressure. And they ran them to death. And those guys couldn't keep up. Um, so that was that was sort of one of those things uh, whenever it comes in there. But it, it was fake optimism. And now, now that you have it, it is tangible. You can feel it. You can see it. You can touch it. You can taste it if you were there. It was all there. Um, I did see the worst take of the night, however, um, and this one's pretty bad, Alex. They said uh, those cookies aren't that good and a bucket of them don't make it any better. Get out of here with that. That just absolute heresy on this show outside of the pupusas the bucket of cookies is the only thing we got as a matter of fact la galaxy if you want to be nice how about you put a bucket of cookies in the press conference for us whenever we come in because i could use a cookie whenever i come down
2: i mean you just need to smell them and your day gets like 10 times better that's
0: why we go that way we, we go yeah. this back way and go right past the cookie it's so i can smell the cookies by that's the way why
2: we feel good in the press conference right
0: yeah that's right game over 50 people online for bucket of cookies. I just like to point that out. Um, so anyway, Darren, by the way, gives us a $10 super chat uh, frustrating result. But I haven't been this optimistic about the galaxy since the glorious days. This team looks exciting to watch. Um, I know I just told everybody that the optimism is tangible and you can actually feel it. And now I'm going to tell you, calm down. It was one game against a not very good team. It might have been one of the best players in the world but Messi was not playing best player in the world. He was in Edwin Cerrillo's pocket for most of the night, which is tough because they're about the same size, and it would be difficult to fit you know, a, a Messi into Edwin's pocket, but that's what happened. Um, by the way, Diego Fagundes ended up with Messi's uh, shirt, I believe I saw the picture. Yeah, of yeah, Diego Fagundes ended up with it, and then I think Ricky Pouge
2: posted a photo like an hour or two before you know, with uh, Busquets and Alba and Messi's as well. I mean, most players usually have like two or three qu- kits just right. in case, right. so I'm pretty sure... Uh, Ricky was, Ricky was to get Messi's.
0: Yeah, I saw the video of them whenever they were lining up, and he was getting hugs from Jordi Alba and Busquets, yeah. and Messi came by and gave him a hug and all that stuff. So it was nice to see that there was a, a little reunion there.
2: I thought it was pretty funny for a lot of the game, where you know uh, Ricky Bus is just you know putting his hand on Suarez or Busquets' head, you know, like you know, here, son, it's all good, it's all good. Yeah, you know, coming from like the youngest guy, the smallest guy out of you know all four of those, right? Uh, Ex Barcelona players.
0: Uh, Caesar five dollars super chat. No more full replays on Apple TV. I know. We're I know. I know we're, we're talking about it. we're going to find out what's going on. I mean, I, it's not like I have any cachet to talk to the league and be like, "Where's the still replay. Uh, they're probably taking that Delgado tackle out so that way they don't have to like relive that yeah. disaster every single time. <sighs> um, let's see. Popo Zao uh, $10 super chat after seeing Yoshida and Casares together. Where does Neil fit in? Listen, don't don't. You don't need to go to that step yet. You don't need to worry about it. But what I would like to say, something we haven't talked about is the defense. Let's back line back lines back. Those guys outstanding um, the perfect game outside. And listen, I'm not going to you go down 10 men. I can't I can't blame anything on defense anymore. That's really hard to do, um, especially where Delgado fits in the place the ball came from on the goal is absolutely a spot that Delgado would have been in or around in order to try to break things that's up that's the
2: pocket he's covering for sure knowing how he plays like it wasn't like it was right in front of the goal right like 4 yards out usually where the back line is it was a comeback to Messi right in that pocket where the midfielders you're usually going to defend and you know unfortunately Surreal can't cover all the ground when you know he's a, has a midfielder less so you know Messi was You know, pretty fortunate enough that that uh, red card definitely helped him find a better position and have a lot more space to get that shot off.
0: And and then Yoshida afterwards talking about that, he was like, you know, a lot of times we make mistakes and we do things. He goes, "That was just a good goal." He it is. Messi had half a no. He had like a foot and a half of space on surreal, and that was it. And by the way, surreal was tracking him and Messi went the other. There has to be reaction. If you're a defender, there has to be reaction. Messi is making his living off of knowing that Mm -hmm. that reaction and when that ball is coming back and, you know, Jordi Alba getting back and finding it to him as well. I mean, it's a perfect goal. It's why you can't sleep on them, but do miss me with this whole messy was this deciding factor in this giant game. He got a goal. He had about as much influence on the game as you did in a lot of ways. He did. He did miss the miss a, a, a shot to the near post, so maybe a little more influence than Jovalich had on this game uh, because the galaxy did so well um in terms of uh in terms of marking and, and playing so the defense for me yamane yeah 100% loved all of oh it.
2: he looked like he's been playing with the Galaxy for years i mean he was so smooth no errors i mean a top top professional and there was definitely a lot of criticisms right from you know galaxy getting a 30 year old wait, wait what, from was Japan. How, what
0: was it what was it criticism criticisms how many criticism. how many isms were on there okay just checking um but yeah, no, there were a lot of criticisms right No, continue sorry i just have to get trap yeah. on occasion
2: no it, it's all good uh but, I mean, you know, Yamane was a guy that there was a lot of questions about. I mean, I saw a lot of comments where is this really the guy the guys are going to go get. I mean, he doesn't really scream quality. But, I mean, now you saw it. I mean, he did very well in managing uh, you know, moments there. And I think in the post-game press conference, it was funny when Yoshida told us that they're speaking like four different languages in the back line. Like With hulan and Aude and Casares speaking Spanish, Yoshida and Casares speaking Italian because they both played in Italy for a while. And then on the right-hand side, you just have Japanese with Yoshida and Yamane. And then you have just John McCarthy, you know, screaming and in, in English to both of them.
0: And so ja- I mean, and I'm Japanese. Sure having a lot
2: of fun back there.
0: Yeah, yeah, and Japanese. Uh, Greg is like, I don't know, he's trying to speak Japanese, he's trying to speak Spanish. He's Like John McCarthy is, uh, is another character of the la galaxy having this team which is a good uh a good character to have so far stood on his head but yamane uh you know uh you had caceres and that caceres had a good monster night so remember everybody who came at me at the beginning and told me what the combined ages of of yoshida and uh, and caceres were uh can all take a long walk off a short pier because this wasn't the thing Isabel, who joined the group, said the most prescient thing about this particular pairing is if you're going to have one game where you need two guys with experience, this was that game. Right. So how That's are right. you going to go criticize that decision or criticize that they're old? The only criticism you can have for you for Yoshida and and Caceres as a pairing is can they do it for 34 games and I don't think you're going to ask him to do for 34 games so that's why you ask where Jalen Neal comes in he's going to get time he's going to give those guys breaks and blows by the way Maya Yoshida right now I'm telling you could play 34 games yeah I'm just he seems like that guy Yamane could play 34 games right you're looking Caceres if he can stay healthy also could play 34 games if that if they want to hold that back line and that center back together with tape and glue and anything else having those two guys in the positions that they are you saw what they were capable of last night yeah. that back line was perfect for me alex and i don't know the last time i've seen an la galaxy team and by the way surreal helps by dropping back and really protecting in front of them but mm-hmm. i don't know the last time i've seen a defensive performance like that from the la galaxy and greg Vanny was asked about it whether it was one of the best ones and he was like i think it would have to be up there i haven't thought about it so deep and all the reporters were like yeah that was it that was that yeah, was i mean the one.
2: i i asked that to Yoshida as well did you think this is the best galaxy defensive performance since you got here and you know, he thought about it for one second. He's like, yeah, this was good. And, you know, uh, Greg Manning also mentioned the post-game press conference, right? Uh, I asked him about Casares and Yoshida, what he thought of that pairing. And, you know, one of the things that stood out was uh, he said, you know, they weren't any, as he would say, you know, little kid mistakes uh, here and there. And I think that's exactly... Uh, what the galaxy needed on the night—that experience, guys who have you know played against uh, you know these players before in certain situations—and I think you know you really needed that for you know Alder, who's still very young and you know can be a little aggressive at times, and Yamane as well, who's still you know trying to get to know the rest of the team, still trying to establish himself in this club—and I thought it was absolutely you know a, a masterclass for that back line. You know, I think all the defenses. And MLS will probably be studying that film, looking how they contained Suarez because Suarez had no impact. I mean, we haven't even talked about him at all, right? Because
0: he wasn't there. You might. Yeah, it was there. like Miami was playing with ten players for the for for the first part of that game because Suarez. I mean, he didn't have any effect, which was crazy to me. You still would expect some moments of that. People said that it, basically he started limping in like the thirtieth minute. That guy is on borrowed time, so bringing him in and you know, I think that they may end up moving him to a super sub role more than maybe a starter role. Uh, exactly for, for some of this, but uh, but interesting. I, I think it's crazy that we didn't hear Suarez either.
2: Yeah, I mean, he was frustrated coming off the field, and I think this is a good blueprint for how other teams are going to defend into Miami. I mean, you know, I think Yoshida also mentioned it too. Like he wishes the team was in the back line was a bit more aggressive with their passes, right? Because Suarez and Messi don't defend. And I think that was really interesting because, you know, despite all the glory we're giving them defensively, Yoshida also wants this back line to have their moments offensively. right? And I think that's how you really establish and, you know, raise up the bar of this team and we we've seen all preseason how you know they want to make sure that they're good solid defensively but you also have to have those um you know fundamentals when it comes to the offense and the build out, and we know how important that is for greg manny and the offense so you know while they yoshida was definitely happy with the performance there's still things that he wants to improve on and he wants Uh, the team to elevate it. And I think that's the kind of mentality you need, you know, for this season after what happened last year.
0: Yeah. And that's uh, talking to John McCarthy. I sort of said, Hey, can you, can you look into the future and see how good this backline could be? And he goes, listen, our defense is good because we're buying in. He goes, but it's not just, it's not just uh, the defense, which, you know, Mm -hmm. again, it's the standard response it means more when you see it in action, which is not just the defense. Look at how much pressure Puj put on people. Look how much pressure Delgado put on people. Look at Surreal pressuring people. The LA Galaxy were ready to pounce anytime that ball came into the middle anywhere near mm-hmm. Busquets or Messi, and they were ready to cut off the passing lane. So it wasn't just, oh, Busquets get the ball. Ricky Puj's job was whenever Messi has the ball to make sure Busquets doesn't get it, whenever Busquets has the ball to make sure Messi doesn't get it,
2: right? I mean, Jovulic was doing really good on defensive rotations, I thought, for a lot of the game, So giving props uh, to Jovulic on that end, I thought you know, that was really good and something that I hope we get to see a lot more when it comes to how they rotate when it comes to
0: the opponents having the ball in their half. Well, the the other part of this is, you know, the Ovalich uh, you know, disaster of a relationship. However, you want to look at that continues sort of. There was lots of yelling. Uh, Vanny was yelling at Pooj. Vanny was yelling at Ovalich. Uh, Pooj was yelling at Ovalich. Again, high, the high energy, high spirits, high tension for this team and what they're trying to do. I liked seeing I quite honestly, I like that a little bit in this particular moment. Mm-hmm. I want to see those emotions be that high because I want them to go after it. Ricky has to watch himself though. I'm telling you, he cannot, he's going to be the key to success for the LA galaxy outside of the Diego Fagundes in every position that he can play. Basically backing up the galaxy will live and die by Diego Fagundes this year is my, my sort of prediction. Um, but one of the things that Ricky has to watch is that he has to watch his head because the galaxy are going to play well sometimes the galaxy are going to play poorly sometimes this is going to be up and down for a little while while the galaxy sort of figure out how they want to play how they're going to use paint so how they're going to use pack Remember, Peck didn't start right we don't know i mean right now don't you love having Peck come off the bench and be like oh it, it felt perfect it felt it felt really right it felt and you had Fagundas in there and 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 sort of you were able to Replace Fagundes, put Peck in, and then you had a game changer. Now, does that happen if you have Peck and Painsel together, and then you bring Fagundes in? Right, it's less of an impact mm. for me. So, yes. But you also have a DP that you spent a lot of money on, and who's 22 years old, and you know, 20, 23 years old, twenty-two years. He's twenty-three. Twenty-three. Okay, uh, twenty-three years old in Peck, and you need to be able to see him too. Um, we haven't talked a lot about him. Uh, but just in what he was able to do, more straight line running for me, um, less paint still, more, more in and out more inside and outside pack more up and down the line. Um, I think there is a criticism that he doesn't use his right foot uh, and he was inverted yeah. in, in inverted this time, but it didn't seem to hurt him. We'll see how that progresses and develops, but Vanny also talked about switching them. Uh, so that way they play on their, their with their good foot on the outside as well. And then that can change how you can play. Uh, for those guys. So uh, Paintsill, for me, hit the hit the target more. I think he was trying real hard. I think he had seven shots and two shots on goal. Um, yeah, that
2: that, it, that checks out. Yeah, I thought Painsel, um looking at his underlying numbers last year with uh, Gank, yeah, he's a guy who always gets shots on goal. Like it. No matter what. Like it. And, you know, with Peck, too, I think the one thing they really need to work on with him is just how he's going to be once teams figure out he's just, a you know, I, I'm not going to, like, say he's a pace merchant. Right. But it feels like, you know, he's going to need his... Uh, physical abilities to really help him out here because there were moments in the game where Miami was very comfortable and letting him go on that right side like they were like all right cross the ball in with your right foot yeah do things like that um obviously it's just a small 20 minute sample size we'll see once he gets more playing time but you definitely want to see you know I think like you said I think Peck coming off the bench just to start off the season just fits perfectly I think it's exactly how the Galaxy would want to attack other teams, so I'm hoping that we get to see more of Peck. We saw a lot of that blistering pace. We right. saw how he's, you know, not afraid to dribble and take on players, and I think, you know, that's great and all, but I just want to see how he looks like with more playing time, how he'd look like if he'd start a game, because that's definitely a different dynamic as well. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing what there is, but there I can see the excitement, I can see the hype, and I think, you know, uh, we can see why the club made him the most expensive player in Ali Galaxy history.
0: Yeah, very interesting. Uh, $5 super chat from Gary. Thanks for the pick with my daughter and me. You were right on regarding your analysis of the build out from the back. I don't know what I said, but um, I'm sure it was genius. And I was right. Uh, uh, eventually again. Uh, let's see what uh, started talking about pack. uh was out $2 super chat. Will pack start the next game? I don't think so. Uh, I think, I don't think you touch anything for a little bit. I'm with Alex. Let's, let's, let's sit, let's sit and, and repeat the starting lineup. Almost exactly. The one change I think you're going to see is Gaston Brugman's going to get into this next game. Um, yeah. and I don't, I don't think he's going to start. Um, but I do think that he's going to come off the bench in the second half. And that's a game changing sub to be made as well. Whenever you can pull Cerio and again, Delgado is totally going to be available for next game. As far as I'm concerned, we'll keep an it eye on that. It would be a that.
2: disgrace if he wasn't. Let's be honest. It would, it would be,
0: it would be wrong. It's, sometimes there's, a, there's a thought with MLS clubs that they don't want to, um, challenge these because if they get it wrong, they might want, but this one seems so obvious to me that you would want to challenge it and then you'd want to, you want to appeal, uh, the red card. And that could mean that, you know, it comes in. Plus it could mean retroactive punishment for, uh, Busquets as well. And that would feel good to galaxy fans, I think as well. So like there's, there's a lot of positives that could come out of that if they want to go through it. Um, so uh yeah, it's uh it's a lot of fun. Uh that was a fun game. So uh we'll see where Peck sort of fits in. We will sort of see how um everything goes. Um but yeah, I'm 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 excited. I'm excited to see sort of where where it happens. Again, I'll pump the brakes and say one game, 90 minutes, well 99 minutes. The seven minutes to stop is time. Did you have some, so damien and I were sitting where I'm like over under five minutes and he's like he's like over six. And I'm like okay, but it went to seven. I never. I thought four was probably where. It yeah, I thought
2: five would have been like too much for me. I would be like, all right, but seven. I'm like, okay, wow, that's that's insane to me. But um, yeah, I mean, Miami got lucky that they had a lot of time there with Delgado coming off the bench, so they took advantage of that. Unfortunately.
0: Oh, always, uh, always an interesting one. Galaxy. So going to the post game and sort of talking about what was different for me, um there was disappointment, clearly disappointment from, from not getting the win. And you could see that and feel that in the comments that were made. That being said, um, for me, there was this underlying optimism and underlying excitement that you could hear from everybody too. And maybe it wasn't exactly how they said it. Go watch it. Don't listen to it. Go watch it. The galaxy put up all of the interviews on YouTube. They're there. But go watch that and pick it, look at their eyes. Look at the excitement that's in their eyes about what this team could be. Um, and I think even Greg Vanny, one of the reasons I think it was so easy for Vanny to swallow and not and not say anything bad about the referees um, was because he was excited about what the season is going to be, right? And he's like, I saw what I wanted to see tonight. Um, I know a lot of people criticize him, and we talk about Vanny Ball and the possession and everything like that, and it's it's a valid criticism always uh, in what he does. But we've also you and I have talked to him over the entirety of last year, you know, and we heard him talking about playing more direct and the Galaxy maybe didn't have the players to play the type that they wanted to do. Now they went out and got the guys that they wanted. They got the the guys who have speed. They got the guys who have the technical ability on the outside. You got Pooj pulling the strings in the middle. Yo, is to be determined, but again, just stand there and knock in goals, dude. And you're going to be just fine. Um, you know, you're not going to be the best player in the world, but you're going to be a pretty good player. And if you want to go somewhere in Europe, you're probably going to be able to do it because you're just sitting there knocking in goals and somebody else will be like, well, you can come sit there and knocking goals for us too. So um, a lot of good stuff. It's hard to find a bad performance by the LA galaxy in that. And that's a that's one where you could clearly be like, oh, well, this person had Aude. we didn't talk a lot about. I don't think he was bad. I don't think he did anything to hurt the Galaxy. I thought that he was defensively stout. I don't think he got lost running forward whenever he went forward. He ran forward at the appropriate times. He was covered appropriately whenever he did. Shout out to Diego Fagundes for covering Aude whenever he would go up. Those types of things. So that thing. But if you go to those post-game comments and press for me, uh, there was optimism in there. Disappointed not losing the two points. Uh, Certainly upset at the referee's calls, even though they didn't want to say it. But all that stuff sort of came out to that there was optimism and that they feel like they figured something out that finally everything they were working on sort of showed is that is that off base? No, I mean, you're totally
2: right. I think when we're going in, obviously, uh, talking to players, all of them definitely mentioned, you know, the disappointment in not being able to get the result. But they very much quantified and would reiterate that they're excited to see what this team could look like. And, you know, I remember asking Paintsil just how excited he is to be out there, right? He got his first playing time with Ricky Pouge, got to play 20 minutes uh, out there with Gabriel Peck, right? And he was telling me, like, you know, if we play like this, trust me, we have the abilities to kill everything. And the way he said that to me, you know, it's just like, yeah, he's feeling it. He feels that in his heart. He feels that in his mind. And I think that everybody around the club and the team is just feeling good after that kind of performance, you know, because it's not the type of game, I think, where you're going to be with your head down the entire week. It's the type of game like, okay... This is going to be my motivation for the entire season. This is going to be what pushes me to elevate this team to be where it can be. And the fact that you know you had all the fan base showing out, that you had you know a packed Dignity Health Sports Park, you had that energy. I think that really culminated. Right. And I wouldn't say. A good mood after the game, right. but a mood where like you're like, all right, bet, I can do this. Right. And I feel like that's the mood in there.
0: It, it, the, I want to comment on the fans, too. When Jovo scored, that place was very loud, right? Very loud. When Messi scored, that place was very loud. I can only imagine that in my mind, what you had were people who were Galaxy fans for sure. But we're also messy fans and that they were cheering for sort of both. It was like, oh, I'm, I want the Galaxy to win. But if Messi scores, that's pretty cool, too. And I can understand that because there's lots of people certainly who buy a Messi jersey because they're messy fans right? And if you're a Messi fan, you're going to buy the jersey. You may not even like Inter Miami, but you're like, I want, I need the Messi jersey because that's where he plays, and that's what I'm going to get. And that's what's There's a reason he sold so many jerseys whenever he came to Major League Soccer. It's not because everybody suddenly wanted to be an Inter Miami fan. They will capitalize on converting a lot of those, uh, certainly. But there's, there was a lot that you could definitely see that, like, you know, Galaxy jacket on with a Messi shirt on underneath, like that type of thing. And uh, I think somebody... Did you somebody else maybe it was in the discord or, or something like that but they're saying i didn't see any other jerseys like it wasn't like i saw like a Yedler jersey for inner miami right like i didn't see a Brusquettes jersey like jer- it was messy. messy and if you're a messy fan that's what it is and so for me i hope they enjoyed the game i hope they enjoyed the atmosphere and i hope that that somehow draws them back in to come back for an la galaxy game if they were just there to see messy i would imagine that for 90 percent of them you're not going to but if you can convert 10% of that, you know, if you could get 2,700 more people into the stands because mm-hmm. they saw Messi and they're like, man, going to a Galaxy game is a lot of fun, right? They're all going to be that crazy and that fun. One season opener, two Messys there, three the nighttime, you know, all the... they had, There were lasers, by the way. I would like to point out lasers yeah. were had. So, so the um, you know, Will Misselbrook uh, and and Tom Braun have fulfilled their destiny of lasers being, uh, being involved. Um, but I really... I really enjoyed uh, the atmosphere and thought it was fun Um, and uh, you know hey I'll go watch that game again anytime you want it was it was wide open less chaotic than I thought it was going to be actually the galaxy were very organized to make it that way Um, but you know chaos reigns at the end referees get their say fake fake ghost yellow cards and red cards and all sorts of fun stuff there so for me um, I enjoyed that uh, anything else that you had on the game
2: Yeah, I mean, I think I thought the overall experience was definitely very enjoyable. I mean, look, uh, the Messi mania thing that's going to happen all across this country. You know, this is a great opportunity for the teams that, you know, are hosting Messi to bring in new fans. And I think the way Dignity House Sports Park looked is, you know, something we haven't seen in a really long time with how packed it was, how the energy was. And I think if, you know, we can start to see. A lot of the energy this season, you know, obviously compared to last year where there was a boycott and everything. Uh, nonetheless, I think that that's going to be a really big asset for the Galaxy because they're they make their home their fortress. I mean, I think they've had a a positive, you know, record when it comes to getting points at home. You know, in the last two, three years, I think they just want Dignity House Sports Park to continue to be that fortress. I mean, I think after Yoshida's press conference, right, he was saying that he wants the the fans to be there. He wants to make sure that there's people at the stadium. So I, I think that as long as Dignity House Sports Park can be that fortress for his LA Galaxy team, like it's it's going to help elevate them. I mean, you know, unfortunately, Joseph Paintsville and Gabriel Peck, not right. every single Galaxy game is going to be like that like how it was last night. So uh, we'll see what it's like in the next game against St. Louis. But um, I think with the optimism in the fan base and with how they looked uh, last night against Miami, I think we're going to start to see you know a lot of people really show out and be there and Digney the health sports party this season.
0: Could, could be fun to watch. Uh, one of the great injustices outside of the Mark Delgado two yellows uh, that equal red was the team of the week sheet. Uh, Ricky Pujon on there, rightfully so, had a wonderful game, excellent game, did a ton for work for the LA Galaxy. Again, we sort of talked about the the differentiating that between what he does missing the PK and then the giveaway as well. But you still have to take the 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 mass of what he did as a as a really good game. So he's rightfully did. How Lionel Messi gets up there on that side uh, is is of course uh, is the Messi mania. Um, Don Garber seemed, uh, in the press conference that we had before the game talking and said, you know, there's more teams than just Messi here. Right. And the whole day he was sort of trying to downplay it a little bit. Um, but if you read any of the articles that have sort of went around from sort of the international crews, there was like Messi's the greatest player that I'm like, what, what game did you guys watch? Just, just stop, take a deep breath and watch that game. Miami played horribly. They're ecstatic. They got a point jumping up and down. They never wanted to win that game. They never had any chance to win that game. The best they could do was tie that game. And they got the gift that they needed there at the end with the red card. Right. So that was the whole thing for me. So that's the uh, the team of the week is there. Um, So just to just again, if you're, you know, you just save it, save it for uh, for fuel. You know, put that one. If you're Ricky Pusch, put put that up on the bulletin board. Be like, yeah, messy. Messy gets that, too. Um, Going over the schedule. Uh, real quick, the L.A. Galaxy traveling to San Jose coming up this weekend uh, and then away to Nashville after that. Right. So 730 p.m. game on uh, March 2nd. Uh, that's for the San Jose game. And then coming up on 310, it's Nashville game at 12 p.m. That's a 12 p.m. kickoff instead of, you know, a uh, a, a, a nighttime kickoff. So pay attention to that one. Finally, back home for the Galaxy on March 16th. Uh, the L.A. Galaxy will be hosting St. Louis then. All right. So uh, then away to Kansas City and then home to Seattle. It doesn't get easy. Remember, we talked about it. But now, Alex, you saw the Galaxy play Messi and friends. Now they're into San Jose. Do you feel like perhaps there's more optimism looking at the schedule? Like you look at San Jose and you go, "Okay, all right, that's that seems okay." Like we, I, I always talk and I always joke around that whenever you're a sucky team, your schedule's really hard. Yeah. Well, if the Galaxy aren't going to be sucky, their schedule isn't going to be as hard, right? It's going to be one of those. So now you start to look at this. Is there is there any more optimism, or or, or too too early for that?
2: I mean, I think so. I mean, you look at the potential there and the genuine feeling that, you know, there's a lot of room to grow and that they can grow, that it's possible for them to grow and gain that soon. I think that the schedule looks good so far. I mean, San Jose didn't look too great against Dallas and, you know, Nashville has a good amount of injuries right now and they're playing in, you know, CONCACAF Champions Cup. So it seems like a winnable game as well. And I, I think right now the Galaxy have a genuine start to I can genuinely when they come back against St. Louis, you know, have a good amount of points uh, and be in a good standing in the table right before, you know, they come back home and uh, then have to go out to Kansas City. And then once again, once they have to play, I guess, one of the tougher opponents in the conference in Seattle.
0: Yeah. Uh, By the way, right now, rain in San Jose Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, We'll see where that goes through more spotty than you actually expect for Saturday right now. So um, very well could already be moved it through by the time that the LA Galaxy play. But um, again, don't don't pay attention to weather until it's two, three days out. I told you not to worry about the home opener and wait till two. It was fine. Um, So sort of uh, take that same thing. The only home team to lose the entire weekend whenever we look at MLS results was Austin, who lost to Minnesota by a score of one to two. Other than that, home teams all held uh, held court there. Um, So we'll see what happens now whenever you get into the second game. Galaxy going on the road, trying to pull a point from San Jose, trying to steal three points. This is an opportunity as long as they can outlast Preston Judd, of course, Um, this is an opportunity for the Galaxy to sort of kick off and now get four points from the first two games and sort of really sort of set themselves up on a on a good trajectory. But two points is not a horrible start either but you need to get a win sooner rather than later. Do you still have another away game going to Nashville, which will be tough. So like, you know, the San Jose game is looking very much like a, uh, a game where the, the galaxy could possibly, uh, you know, find something there. Uh, San Jose coming off a two, one loss at Dallas. So there'll be a home opener for, uh, for the Cali Classico there. Um, Eastern Conference standings, Miami at the top, mostly because they've played one more game than everybody else. But uh, three points and one point is four points. So they're at the top of the Eastern Conference. Uh, I would like to point out the L.A. Galaxy as they currently stand, not in 13th place. Ladies and gentlemen, we did it, Joe. We did it. Uh, L.A. Galaxy in eighth right now with one point. Uh, the top is Portland, Dallas, Minnesota, and L.A.F.C. All won their home openers. Uh, you had Houston, Kansas City, St. Louis, and now L.A. and Real Salt Lake draw uh, those games. Uh, RSL by the way uh, has played two games and got one draw out of it so that is where uh, they're getting their one point so that's why they're at the very bottom with one point point. Uh, and then Vancouver Seattle Austin San Jose and Colorado all lost their openers and so uh, as we go to the supporter shield standings you can very, very clearly see the LA Galaxy still not in 13th place that's right folks 14th, 14th place baby. right That's we got a, 14th baby 14th you're getting uh, getting very close there so um, yeah I think that's about it uh, it was a fun night I enjoyed it. Uh, I was telling my wife that uh, I get very busy with all the things that I do. And the podcast takes up a lot of time. And uh, doing the train club stuff that I do takes up a lot of time. And then I have a real job, too. And then I have a family and, like, all this stuff. So I'm usually pretty busy. And, and recently, everything's sort of been hitting at the same time. And so uh, I was not super thrilled to, to drive up to the stadium. Once I got there, it all clicked in. And I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I remember this feeling. This is why I come to these games. I remember that. Uh, this is a good time. And so thank you to the LA Galaxy for having us out there. Uh, that was awesome. Um, and everything went as smooth as possible for, for the the press side of things with 27,642 people. Again, that's a, a, a new regular season record. And I can tell you that what the capacity numbers are before we go, um, the... Capacity numbers for the capacity sellout is 25,174. This is after they did the remodel, right? So 25,174 is a capacity sellout. So if you ever see they're going to tell you that twenty five thousand is going to be a sellout and you're going to be like, OK, I got it. Um, then uh, the overcapacity sellout is twenty six thousand six hundred and seventy four. All right. So that's the overcapacity sellout. Then there's the overcapacity sellout crowd with additional seats added, which is another 300, which is 26,974. Those were the numbers. They were able to cram in another like 700 seats somewhere, Um, certainly with suites. I think selling all the tickets in a suite that helps the cabanas in there, uh, the berm being fully sold out as well. So 27,642 was how many they were able to jam in there. And so uh, I won't adjust my chart because it's these are all fake numbers anyway as far as i'm concerned um i'm, I'm like i want to count everybody who comes in there what is what does the actual gate say uh for all that stuff but yeah for the most part i i think there were relatively few hiccups you you, you agree alex
2: yeah i mean I, it was definitely really interesting to see how full it was i mean there was i think they put up like bleachers right by la Riot squad as well too that mm-hmm. aren't usually there yep so i mean makes sense why they also got to have that extra numbers as well on that end but yeah i mean yeah the burn pretty filled i mean Hopefully it was a good experience for those $300 tickets to sit on the grass. So I'm hoping it was, uh, you know, got the D-Day show right around there as well. So, yeah, I mean, solid numbers for Dignity House Sports Park. And again, you're just hoping that this momentum and uh, can carry on for the next home game when it comes to the fan support in the stadium
0: yeah it'll be uh, it'll be fun to watch so uh, again that's what we got for the LA Galaxy uh, uh, next game coming up on Saturday whenever they take on San Jose 730 p.m. Uh, we'll get you all the details on the Thursday night show I believe Miss Sophie the Canon Nicola will be our uh, our co-host on Thursday nights very excited and got to hang out with Sophie uh, last night uh, at the game as well so always good and it'll be nice to have Sophie back in I'm sure she'll have a lot of hot takes that we will uh, we'll all enjoy together but we'll get you ready for that San Jose game coming up on Thursday one bit of news that happened on Friday um, was the LA galaxy signed Aaron Bebeau, um to a first team contract uh, not super important, but we'll talk about contracts and everything else. I'm actually waiting on one contract that we don't know about um, and then once I have that I will have the full um full roster sort of set up and and there there's also guys who are like non-rostered guys um which is really interesting too i think marcus for is a non-rostered guy right now um so yeah it's that's interesting to get into non-rostered like the two homegrowns right now are technically like non-rostered first team players Mm -hmm. that aren't first team they're down but they're not signed to the senior team so they're not they don't take up any cap space or anything like that even though they're homegrowns and, and they don't necessarily hit that but that's it there's a lot of nuances within this 30-man roster that easily could probably expand these guys to like 35 players whenever you look at like non-rostered versus rostered so
2: a lot of mechanisms I use right now in the roster
0: yeah yeah it'll uh it's well I mean you got the guy who wrote some of the rules right so uh, exactly so that helps a lot that was always good so with Will Koontz and uh, I know Will Koontz was out there walking around you can always tell it's Will Koontz because he's a good four feet above everybody else whenever he's walking around so in my
2: seat in the press box like Will Koontz in the video team is like right on my left right there so every time i look over there it's just wilkins you can see him he's yeah right he's there.
1: right there okay yeah. okay good yeah
2: so he's always watching my shoulder you know kind of like you know in the how they sing in santa claus under the christmas carols yep you know wilkins is doing that with me
0: i got gotcha. you i got gotcha. you all right very good well uh a lot of good stuff all right uh let's see i think that about does it for us so let's uh let's get down out of here uh alex tell people where they can find you and we'll uh, we'll get on going
2: yeah, you can find me on Twitter, X at uh, Ruiz 15 You can read my work and analysis on thegalactortribune.org. Uh, subscribe to my sub stack. A lot of LA Galaxy-centered media and articles. So, yeah, that's where you can find all my stuff.
0: Alex, always great having you. Thank you for stopping by, for looking for me on Twitter and X at Jay at Galaxy podcast corner of the Galaxy.com is where you can find all the articles. I got my things I learned from the game article that's up there as well. Another good article by Catamount as well, looking at Vanny Ball and, uh, and all sorts of things that he possibly saw from Miami. So we're excited about that as well go check out one two threads and the jacket and everything that's going on there we hope that you have a wonderful day we hope that you had a wonderful time at the game we hope that there's some optimism not just lasso's optimism but real tangible optimism for you coming up as the la galaxy get ready to take on san jose for mr alex ruiz i am josh pato guess when you've been listening you've been watching to corner of the galaxy from the box on corner of the have a great one everybody
1: you've been listening to the corner of the galaxy podcast on corner of the You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at galaxy podcast, and be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher and Facebook by searching for corner of the galaxy. Fans. We thank you for listening. And we ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors. As you leave the podcast, we thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again until then. I'm Michael Arajo.